Hello and welcome to the Dr. Lake Show. This is Dr. Paula Lake. I'm really pleased to be here today and excited. Uh, I have a guest here that I had previously had the privilege of, of speaking with uh, as I was doing community radio. Um, his name is Ahmad Miles. He is a classically trained acupuncturist uh, now working in BC, Victoria, BC, British Columbia. He is also author of The Tao of Wellbeing, and he's an award-winning poet, so he's uh, definitely expanded into other areas. And I've always had an interest in um, the Eastern approach, and, and that for that reason, I think this is a wonderful topic to have. So great to have you here, Ahmad. Thank you. Yes, I, I know it was, I don't even know how many years ago it was that you and I met. Uh, it, was that five, six years it's ago? Quite a few years quite ago. Quite a while. Now. My gosh, how time yeah. flies. <laughs> and I, yeah. yeah. And I also have Dylan Soriano Powling here today. Um, my, some people have referred to you as my sidekick, <laughs> but my, uh, my, my sidekick, <laughs> my co producer here, uh, always been a very, very helpful as I've been setting everything up and, and and the ongoing continuation of it. So hi, Dylan. How you doing? Hello, Paula. Great. Yeah, wonderful. <laughs> great, great to be here. <laughs> hi, Dylan. Hello, Mad. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. So, you know, I think one of the things, Ahmad, you've been doing this work in acupuncture for quite a while. And what's interesting for me is that you actually trained in the UK and then you came here. I'm wondering if you could tell a little bit about your training and, and how it compares to some of the trainings that we might see here in the secular society, Western Western uh, culture. Yes, it, it, it was really different for various reasons. The, um, the classical work of acupuncture moved from the East, basically uh, from Japan and in between the two world wars and kind of moved to Europe. And so the two countries that were predominantly holding the classical work uh, in the second half of the 20th century were France and England, uh, interestingly enough. Mm. And my teacher, Dr. Jack Worsley, was the person who was holding that work. and. Um, and it was very different from the kind of acupuncture that um, uh, was becoming dominant in the East and and further dominated when the communists took control, which is much more materialist acupuncture. That is, it 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 looked at uh, symptoms and dealing with symptoms basically. So a lot like Western medicine. Um, and of course, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. all it's all helpful, but where it missed out was in the the kind of deeper sense of the human being. Mm-hmm. Um, the symptoms are the surface, the uh, what is manifesting, but perhaps there are dynamics that are going on beneath the surface, unknown but observable. And uh, and uh, to address those, and um, when I started work studying back in uh, 1983, my teacher, Dr. Worsley, said, um, 
when when we started this college, which was a few years before then, 10, 10 15 years before then, he said, I would have said uh, 50% of people were sick at the level of the spirit. Mm. He said, whereas now it is much more. This was in 1983. Wow. Just 20 years later, I think. He said, it's about 80, 85% now. So mm. here we are in 2020. And, uh, and so this issue of the spirit, what is the spirit? And uh, why is it important to address that? You know, is really at the core of the classical work. You don't really find it in the materialist acupuncture that's, that predominates in North America. Would you describe that as a mechanical approach here in North America? You know, looking at physiology and, you know. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's more, everything is derived from the body. And of mm -hmm. course, all medicine is, is, is useful. It's not that it isn't. Right. It's just that it doesn't include, you know, that part of it. And the classical work does. And in mm -hmm. fact, is the, is the focus. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so the training, you were asking about the, the training as well. Yeah. I mean, in my training, there were no books. Uh, there were books in Western medicine that we had to pass exams in. Mm -hmm. Uh, but everything was oral training and diagnosis was through our senses. And, um, and what were we diagnosing? We were diagnosing the person. Mm. So we weren't diagnosing symptoms. We we're diagnosing the person. Mm. But Dr. Worsley would say, Mother Nature is speaking through the person. Right. We have to understand what Mother Nature is asking us to do. And we do that. Mm. We are the servants of Mother Nature. I, I, and so we would diagnose. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I say we would diagnose through color that we saw emanating from around the face, particularly around the eyes. Uh, aroma that comes up from the body. It's not body odor, but there are different aromas, different qualities of voice, hmm. uh, uh, different uh, certain feelings that are inappropriate but keep coming out from the patient. And this is a way that quite unconsciously the patient is, is sharing with you what Mother Nature is making the patient share with you. Mm, uh, impossible to hide. Um, so it's not a psychological interpretation, but it's an energetic, energetic interpretation. And the ancient Chinese, they were very interested in, in how the universe worked. And so what they observed was that there were patterns. Um, all kinds of patterns. Mm. And so they were interested in those patterns. And out of that came the awareness of the five elements, fire, earth, metal, water, and wood, um, as uh, almost like the, the, uh, the, the, the language of the cosmos mm. and uh, that then manifests in human beings. And uh, so when we're dealing with people, not just dealing with them, we're dealing with kind of cosmic reality or um, fundamental reality, something fundamental about being a human being in, in, in this world and how are we being a human being. And the ancient Taoists, their, their interest was not, not what is happening to us, 
but how are we relating to what is happening to us? Mm. So everything was about relationship and the sense of an interdependent, organized, um, conscious, in a way, reality going on, no, no matter what we might be thinking, you know. So my job as an acupuncturist was to um, kind of delve into that with the patient and uh, see what would come out. And then my treatments would be based on that. They wouldn't be based on treating the symptom. I could have 10 people with the same symptoms. No, it would be based on my diagnosis, the energetic diagnosis of this person, who this person is energetically. And looking through the lens of the five elements, um, fire, earth, metal, wood, uh, water and wood. So they had many correspondences and one of the correspondences is the seasons. Right. So you have summer, late summer, what's called late summer, autumn, winter, spring. And uh, you would look, be looking at what, what, what are the seasons, if you like, that really stand out in this person. Stand out in a way that there's an imbalance there, that there's something that needs to be addressed. Does the season actually literally refer to seasons or the metaphorical seasons that we're going through internally? Yeah, well, seasons are, are understood to be, there's the outside season itself, mm -hmm. but there's the way that season works within us. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're now, I mean, I'm not sure if we're in the winter quite. Are we in the winter? Somewhere between autumn and winter. But at this time of year, everything is um, going inwards and downwards. So the sap is, is going inward and downward into the core, the root, uh, to be protected, preserved there. Uh, and uh, you get root growth and everything like that in the winter. And then you have the spring come when life can come out again. So going out would be called yang, going in would be called yin. So this is a yin time. Mm -hmm. And uh, so when we have yin, we're in a sense our inside is more uh, revealed or more exposed. We don't have the same outer skin. So we're likely to be more vulnerable, more sensitive, more, uh, um, more feeling uh, anything that's going on in our lives that doesn't work so well, whether it's uh, physical health or relationships or, or work or whatever, we're going to feel it more at this time of year. And of course, things are, have been worsened this year because of COVID. Right. So where the spring and the summer should have been this expression mm -hmm. of connection and connecting and enthusiasm and enjoyment and gathering and so on, um, we haven't been doing that. We've been doing an autumn-winter uh, dynamic at that time. And now we're asked to do it again, mm -hmm. uh, you know, as part of the COVID protocol, but also the season is asking us to do that as well. Hmm. So it's very, very hard right now. It's very hard for people. It's like it's people like we really missed struggling. our summer. That that might be the the time for refueling and and you said reconnecting and uh, we've we didn't have that. 
right? We didn't have that opportunity to, because it, it kind of does it, you know, I think of uh, even animals that go into hibernation, right? They they collect everything they need and, and then they go to sleep with, with the resources that have been filled. Is it any, analogous to that in any way? Well, yes, there is that. But the other thing I would say, which is very significant and can be a benefit to us, is that when we're not putting energy out all the time, which you could translate as warmth, mm-hmm. not putting heat and warmth out all the time, which is basically the way the culture works. Our culture is based on doing. Mm-hmm. I do, therefore I am. Mm-hmm. Then we, we will tend to have the opportunity to keep that heat and warmth inside. And if we can, that nourishes the heart, strengthens the heart. But also it means that at this time of year, if we do or engage in more heartfelt activity, mm. uh, sharing of whatever kind we have mm. with, with people, with ourselves, you know, with our families, that's the uh, way that we can create a better balance at this time of year mm-hmm. is through the heart. How, how do we? So it's really important. Yeah. I'm just curious, uh, Maud, is is for those that might experience some, um, you you know of people that are diagnosed with seasonal affective disorder or they're impacted by winter and what that would mean. You know, because in some cases, sometimes we retreat and and can, you know, fill ourselves. And other times, in that retreat, it's a scary place for some people, uh, or perhaps an uncomfortable place, or isolating or lonely. And how does that get viewed with that Eastern perspective? Well, again, I just I say the the point in that situation is to is to nourish the heart. Okay. So that means whatever you're going through, you share more. Hmm. You're prepared to share more with people, you know. And it doesn't have to be, oh, poor me. It's, it's boy, this is really tough for me. This is what I'm going through. Hmm. And, you know, who you're ever talking to is going to say, yes, it's tough for me too. This is, this is how it, it's tough. But if we can do things for one another. Bonnie Henry, our provincial health officer, said, said uh, be kind. Mm-hmm. Be kind. Mm. And I think kindness is, is a key at this time of year. But not just kindness. We have the great fortune to have things like Zoom and so on. Mm-hmm. And so... I mean, people will use them anyway just to try and maintain the old ways of doing things that they're used to. But I'm thinking more of where you could get together with friends, like Christmas is coming. Why can't we get together and sing songs, Mm -hmm. sing Christmas carols, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, tell jokes, um, do things that make us laugh, um, that warm us up, that connect us, you know, just in very, very simple ways. 
So that that's what the Chinese would say. They would say, nourish the heart, mm. warm the heart. We have the opportunity to do it. You know, and and the, it's more difficult to do. So it's through the connections that we build with people that we can share the heart. And so connection with others is an important piece, whether it's family or friends. Um, how, how do you, one of the things that I've, I did a recent show, I did a couple shows on loneliness. Um, Cause right now I think the world health organization described it as a, a, you know, a phenomenon of interest that is affecting people that it's been rated as you know, detrimental to your health um and and i don't know if it's unique north america is not classified up there on the on the happiness scale um we don't rank at the top um and i'm wondering what you see in your from your stance as some of the issues around this feeling of disconnect that people are having yes well one of the things I'm I'm aware of is that loneliness is really the absence of the sense of relationship. Mm-hmm. And the ancient Chinese, as I said, were very interested in not what is happening, but how am I relating to what is happening? Yes. And so to explore that side of things more, Hmm. you know, and to look at how I'm relating. How am I relating? So St. Francis of Assisi, for example, said, if you want to feel love, do love. Hmm. Do more loving. Be more loving. And uh, rather than thinking that we're getting deprived Mm -hmm. of something, Think of it as an opportunity to give something. Mm. You know, we're so caught up in a, in a kind of consumer uh, identity about getting. Mm-hmm. It's all about getting. Well, it's not all about getting. It's about giving and receiving. Yeah. I, and, I, I fundamentally believe in that is, is the, you know, to be that which you be that which you crave and yearn for and be that to yourself as well. And so it's also how you're relating to your own feelings of loneliness that would also make a difference is what you're saying. Um, but to be, yes, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, com- it's, com- it's complex and I could go into it at mm-hmm. great length, mm-hmm. but I'm just wary of doing that on, on this show. Yeah. Might be um, another show. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But it, it, it's, it's, um, you know, I, 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 I have patients who they're doing their best and yet they'll have some kind of emotion that keeps coming through. And even things like, um, like extreme anger mm. and, uh, and fearful of releasing that anger and not wanting to harm anybody. Uh, not wanting to harm themselves and feeling they have to control this this um, abnormal thing. And I said to one person, well, you know, the anger is you. The anger is you. And it's the you that you don't know. 
It's the true you. Because when we're growing up and so on, we we get alienated from ourselves. We're obliged to in many ways. Just through our family upbringings, the nature of the culture doesn't, very often does not support who we are. Doesn't want us to become more of who we are. And certainly not, our, our, not our authentic self. You know, there's a, exactly we kind of package ourselves all, up and present ourselves to the public. And, yeah, yeah, and and it's all about control, and it's all about surviving, hmm. and it's all about uh, what do I knew, need to do to be liked, to be included, hmm. to be part of, you know, and so this false identity builds up. But underneath there could be this seething anger that I'm just, just describing. And I come across this with patients. Mm. And I say, well, the, the anger is actually you. Mm. It's, it's, it's that part of you, a fundamental part of you. I said, if you think of anger, it's a really strong, powerful energy. Mm-hmm. And it moves upwards and outwards. It's expansive. Mm. It's transformative. It's like f- fire in a way, you know. And in fact, uh, one person used the image of the volcano to describe. And I said, well, perhaps what you need to do is to, um, is to, uh, um, engage with that volcano to go into it mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and follow where it takes you, you know, and you'll start discovering this you. And this you is the you that you've longed to know, Hmm. craved to know, have missed all your life, ached for in your heart. And you've often, um, you know, uh, what's the word? I can't think of it, but just put it onto others, Mm -hmm. you know, people and so on. But it's really about you. Hmm. And it's about the connection with you. And... um, uh, uh, and and that could lead you to learn about yourself uh, uh, that you you don't know you you it's new to you this person is new to you and um, but in that in that process of exploring that way uh, you start getting a connection mm-hmm. and uh, you're not likely to feel so lonely. And, I, I've uh, always thought about it as as a as a you know in the true sense of the form you know we are more isolated when we cannot share our authentic selves and that we box yeah. away all these parts of self, um, but that it actually in, from where I stand increases that distance between in, in connection with others. Um, you know, I come from an Italian culture which has had a little bit more inclusiveness around the range of emotion. And I've always found North America a little bit, let's clean ourselves up and put on that smile and walk out the door. That's kind of a prerequisite to to being able to connect. And do you think that perhaps our, nor I don't know if we're referring mostly to Western society, but do you think that we need to we we kind of classify emotions positive these are positive emotions these are negative emotions these ones we stay away from these ones we 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 are supposed to try and emulate do you think that that creates problems in our in our society in our culture to have that dichotomy Absol- between emotions absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely the ancient chinese would say 
include everything. It's almost like we're observers or scientists, you know, mm -hmm. observing ourselves. And one of the things I loved about my mother was that she was not defensive at all about who she was. You know, so um, I remember having a conversation with her once, uh, and she was always critical of people, not in a not in a nasty way, not in a malicious right. way, but oh, look at how that woman's dressed, or right. look at the way that man walks. I mean, it's it's absolutely you know she would have all these comments about. So people. she was, but it was a curious <laughs> observation, right? She, yeah, she was curious but about I would it. Say, yeah. yeah, but I said, Mom, why are you so critical? Mm. And she said, I can't help it. Hmm. And I love that response. I, ca I can't help it. It's like just the way <laughs> I am. It's me, you know. <laughs> and uh, another time, she, was, she lived in this uh, little village in England, you know, with a 13th century Norman church. And there was a kind of a network, a circle of widows. And she was one of them. And uh, another one was a, a, a retired ballerina. and. Uh, uh, and I'd, I was visiting her, and she said, "Oh, I've, I've, I've cut off that that woman. I don't see her anymore." I said, "Why not?" And she said, "Well, whenever I go there, she's watching the television, and she said, and I really don't like the program she watches." Hmm. So I said, "Are you telling me that you've cut a relationship because of the TV shows uh, that this woman watches?" She said, "Yes, absolutely, yeah." <laughs> And she didn't feel any need to explain to me. She didn't feel defensive about it. This is just who I am. She What's just and all? It. This is what I'm like. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not mm -hmm. going to be anything else, as it were. You know, mm -hmm. and um, uh, and I lo I loved that about my mom. Mm -hmm. I loved it. Mm -hmm. It was such a, a a breath of fresh air. Mm -hmm. You know. And I mean, of course, it can go to the extreme, and it can be something quite obnoxious. Absolutely, but it wasn't. It wasn't like that with her. And I think we need to, we need to be more honest. Like you, you, you're saying, more authentic. Yeah, and that's true. And the ancient Chinese would say, put it all in the pot. It's it's an alchemical process. So you don't you don't pick and choose. You put it all in, all that you are. You know the 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 dark side, the hidden, the shame, the secret. You put it all in because it's part of you. Yeah, and you know, I, I wonder whether the, we're, we're and I don't know if you're noticing if there's a, a shift that's starting to happen uh, when as we bring in some of the Eastern practices and they might be getting uh, cleaned out and refined according to Western values a bit more. Um, you know, one of the, I'd been talking to you earlier, internal family systems is one of the approaches I've been, um, uh, applying in my practice as well. And I, one of the reasons I love it so much is because it embraces all these parts of self. And it really is about, um, developing a relationship with parts of self that we keep trying to reject and control and manage that we see that we perhaps have negative feelings towards, and it's out of cultivating this new relationship with these parts of self that we find more peace internally. Um, I, have you noticed a shift slowly happening in, in Western society as far as integration between East and West? Are we, are we still far from that? What are your thoughts about that? 
I'm I'm really not sure, Paula. Mm. You know, I'm just this this uh, <laughs> this person in Victoria. I don't know what's happening in the world. I don't know yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, I I think. Um, you know, I think the world is faced with such huge challenges. But what I would say yes. is that the kind of approach you were talking about is what I've always meant by the meeting place. You go yeah. to the meeting place with yourself. Yeah. You go and engage with with whatever you are without judgment or comparison. Mm. Without judgment or comparison. Mm. And uh, And just put it in the mix and just acknowledge it stay with it and see what comes out of that because what 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 all of that is is life and life is paradox and contradiction and uh and we can't just take one side that we like and reject the side that that we don't like as it were you know um so yes i agree with uh um acknowledging but you know people are so full of guilt and feeling over responsible that's what i feel people are too feeling too responsible for for themselves and um you know and feel they 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 failing or they you know making mistakes or they uh sabotaging themselves or whatever and um and i say well that may may be the case but why can't you just acknowledge uh you know in a, in a almost like a neutral way yeah that's what i'm doing i'm doing that mm. and can i just stay with that and see what arises within me because who knows all kinds of you know memories or um insights can come mm. through that process and that's what we want we want change mm. you know we want something developing we don't want to just be stuck in a kind of um you know an either or template mm-hmm. you know we want things to 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 move on where our lives are more and more authentic and i think when they become more and more authentic we will not be lonely mm-hmm. we I, will not be lonely at all i agree and honestly uh, this is one of the reasons i i wanted to develop a program and a show because I, you know, one of my, in my experience, not only through my training, but certainly through my relationship with my mother, who was very expressive and, and uh, authentic herself, probably even more so than I can say I have been in my life. I've, I've admired and respected that and people have really opened their hearts to her. And but one of the biggest things I learned beyond my practice has been uh, the power of uh, being inclusive and creating a safe place to for that authenticity to emerge. Uh, because I think that is probably one of the biggest questions people have about revealing these parts of self is how safe they feel in in doing so uh, given our culture and expectations and and uh, perhaps judgments people might pass yes and and at the same time if people don't wish to be inclusive that's okay you know mm-hmm. it, it you know what i mean it's yeah. um, I, I can i can that's okay too <laughs> you know I, 
I mean, I, I tend to be an inclusive kind of person. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying goodbye to my daughter. Oh, yes. Bye. Love you. <laughs> uh, she's going off to see one of her brothers. Oh, and, uh, nice. And, um, yeah, I, I tend to be inclusive, but I, but I come across people I would like to have some inclusivity with. They don't want to do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and I think well that's that's fine you know I don't I don't have a judgment and I don't think people should be anything other than what they are. Um, so and ha- so my own, my interest only comes when people actually come to see me, right? Because they're actually not satisfied and not happy with who they are mm-hmm. or how they understand themselves to be. So then that's a different ballgame, you know. It's a different kettle of fish. So what happens um, when someone comes to see you, Ahmad, in terms of um, their process and, and shifting beyond that place of dissatisfaction and discovering something different? Can you, just as best as your ability can in this brief moment, describe that? Yeah. Well, the, the, the key thing is for me, that I am absolutely present. And I'm present, in a sense, at the level of where they are. And most people are coming in with some degree of a broken spirit. Mm. And so I drop into that spirit reality of my own Mm. and be absolutely present in it. And that being present is the greatest form of acknowledgement and support you can give a person Mm. because they start to feel better. They start to feel heard. They start to feel part of. They start to feel relationship. They start to feel connected more than when they came in. And and then I can add acupuncture to that. So the acupuncture is the use of stainless steel needles, sterile needles, that are going into the body. Where are they going? The ancient Chinese say, say they're going into the no thing in the something. They're going into that which is eternal into that which is temporal. They're, you know, they're going into that which mm-hmm. is um, invisible in the visible. Mm. They're going to that part of a human being which is greater, larger than their conscious self. Mm. And and so we go in and meet the person. It's all about the meeting place. You go and meet the person there in that point. And in order to do that, I have to be at the same level of, as them. If I'm at a mental level with a patient who's deep in a spirit issue, then I won't connect. I could be yakking away. Mm-hmm. And they don't want yak. Mm. They want presence. Mm. And they want to feel that I'm connected at that level. I'm not saying they want to. I'm just saying they feel better when I am. And if I'm not, then I'm then they feel missed. Mm. 
you know, they're not they're not actually absolutely, being connected absolutely. with. Absolutely, but Brown and, was, uh, talked about the power of empathy and presence and being present with one another. Uh, do, in your mind, Ahmad, do you feel that that's something we need to learn more uh, in in being with one another in that way? Yes, I don't, I don't see why it can't apply mm-hmm. to everybody. And uh, that's why I was saying earlier about the, one of the best things we can be doing at this time of year is coming from the heart, mm-hmm. really coming from the heart, which is inclusive, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, rather than look at, looking at things critically um, or things that, in a way that separates. Right. You know, people, people, for example, will spend time, hours, reading about online, reading about negative stuff, reading about how things don't work. You know, reading about Trump and all of yes. that. And, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, once, once, once you understand that Trump is just a destructive force and always will be, I mean, it's just the way he is. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't need more information about that. You don't need to discuss it. It should, if anything, be a prompt to, you know, um, oh, I didn't like that behavior. Have I seen that behavior in me? Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, you know, and what would I do to, to change that behavior? For, for example, you know, and... Um, what about something in, in for that as an example? Because I think maybe, you know, in, in part of my work with trauma, when we become fearful, we can sort of immerse ourselves in an experience and, and, and focus on that, that source of fear. And I can certainly see a lot of fear coming out for people when it comes to even politics, or if, even if we're talking about COVID, um, that there we're not we might not be talking about it in 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 that emotional language term we're talking about it externally um is that something that you would address that what what might be under well yeah i mean mm-hmm. yeah jean jean Gere, back in the fifth century bc he was a confucian but he said um when we're out of alignment we naturally experience anxiety and fear mm-hmm. if not terror so the issue, again, is not the symptom, which is fear. It's that we're out of alignment. And so I wouldn't necessarily immediately be talking with a patient about, about that. Right. Because if they're consumed with fear, I have to get to a point where I, I could address that. But I might really be focused on just being present. And, and also... Uh, the kinds of acupuncture points that could help, you know, alleviate that fear in that person. Um, and, uh, but ultimately it's, 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 (laughs) my mind is going, Paula. Um, (laughs) and I'm okay with that as well. (laughs) That's okay. Right. Well, we lose our minds sometimes. Quite happy for my mind just to drift away, you know. Um, it's a creative mind. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a creative mind. Um, but I'm just trying to remember what I was just saying, and I've forgotten. 
so you'll have to excuse yeah, me. Yeah, I don't know. That's okay. I, um, I mean, I find this topic uh, but, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I was just thinking about the fear. Yeah, about being out of alignment. So the ancient Chinese would always say, it just means you're out of alignment. It's just feedback that you're out of alignment. So alignment with what? With yourself. Well, how can I be more in alignment with myself? Well, how do you relate to the seasons? Hmm. You know, do you retire and rest in the winter? You know, um, do, you know what do you do? Um, do you go with the season? Do you go with the flow of the season? Or do you go against it? And I think I, I said on an earlier broadcast once, you know, the school year starts in the autumn when nature is actually going inside, down, into the roots. In other words, nature is putting on her pajamas, you know, and basically getting ready for bed. Mm. But we started all up in the, in the autumn. And we ask kids and, and teachers and parents to be pushing the energy upwards and outwards at a time that requires the absolute opposite. And the, um, the function that relates to the autumn, for example, are the lungs. Mm -hmm. Well, every autumn, normally in a normal school year, you know, mm -hmm. you get, it's probably less this year because of COVID, but you get an epidemic of, of lung-related illnesses with kids, colds and flus and bronchial and asthmatic stuff, not just in the kids, but in the parents and the teachers as well. Because we're, we're, we're going against nature. We're not going with the season. And, um, so are there so places we, you know, in this we, world that, that, are, that are operating there? You're right. We do most of that uh, amping up of activity in the wintertime. Um, are there? Well, I know. I, yeah, yeah. I know Japan starts the school year. I think in the late winter or early spring. Okay. Used to anyway. Wow. And there, there may be other countries. Right. Um, but we, you know, and we just do everything. We have the main meal at the end of the day. You know, when our digestive organs are weakest. They're, they're most active in the earlier part of the day. Well, I can tell you that I have so, not followed that rhythm because I, I've intuitively <laughs> always known that I'm better off eating in the day and before I go to sleep is not the time for me to be eating a big meal. But that would yeah, be, and, and, it just didn't fit for me in this sense of our body rhythms and our activity, right? So we're we're bringing into alignment um, how we operate in life in the day with with our human life form and what it requires and needs, yeah. At the same time, you know, you have cultures like Mexico, like France, maybe like Italy, mm -hmm. where people will eat late, but they mm -hmm. eat together. Yeah. The whole thing is about coming together, mm -hmm. and the emphasis is on that. I mean, yes, good food, uh, but the emphasis is on that. I've been in situations like that, you know, mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. Mexico, in Provence, in France. Um, yeah, I don't think I mentioned to you that I give, I do seminars here in Victoria, but I also do them in England wow. as well, you know, uh, normally. Are you doing remote remote uh, right now with COVID and, and some uh, of the changes? Are you doing any uh, remote work or no? I, I haven't actually done that. Mm. Uh, it's been talked about. Mm -hmm. uh, there's been some places that have been interested, but 
I, I haven't pushed it because part of me has felt, no, I'm I'm just going to back right off. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just going to take it easy, dial down the noise, uh, do less doing, mm-hmm. do more being. More being. You know? Nice. Uh, because I know it's healthy for me and it's good for my heart. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, one of the the, the the ancient Chinese predicted this time that there would be this real problem with the lungs, mm. diseases affecting the lungs, which would then be followed Interesting. by diseases affecting the heart. Mm. And um, they anticipated this, you know, mm. from their observation of cycles, 60-year cycles, and through the lens of the five element cycle within those 60 year cycles. So, and then, you know, if you have a kind of pathological process going on in the culture, that is um, where people are not living with nature, where they're focused on an identity through doing, you know, and agendas. And so they're not even living in the present, they're always living in the future, you know, or if it's fear, they're living in the past. And um, it, it, it's chaotic. It's absolutely chaotic. And I think COVID is actually a reflection of the of the the of the the, the state of incoherence biologically, culturally that's occurred, and will definitely not be the last thing that's coming, mm. and is not the issue. COVID is not the issue. The issue is we're not living coherently. You know, we're not living with nature. We're not in relationship with nature. We're not looking at relationship as the key, you know, what I call the meeting place. Mm-hmm. We're not, and, and I use the example of the seasons, you know, we're not meeting with the seasons. I, I don't even and, know uh, that we're meeting organically with our, the season of our own bodies because it's very much, and while I see achievement in 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 part about uh, you know, triumphing over our own limit, what we perceive as limitations. It's so much about conquering, you know, overcoming and, uh, you know, even ignoring what our body needs and, you know, in the interest of our success, um, we almost alienate ourselves and our own bodies. And I, I see that as being, uh, one of the things that leads to a lot of illness as well is um, absolutely. absolutely. You know, that I agree. Is, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you know, with COVID, I, I just knew that it was going to, in a sense, it was going to make the situation a lot worse for people because just we're not used to really being with themselves mm-hmm. and taking taking their cue from everything outside of themselves. You know. Uh, identity through what is outside of yourself, through your work, through your marriage, through whatever, but nothing internal. And uh, yeah, so I, I I agree with that. And um, well, we're getting a crash again, course in that right now. <laughs> we're we're getting a crash course yeah. in having to to, yeah. to to go inward. And I I've seen well. That's why. That's, yeah. That's why. Sorry, I was going to say that's why I wrote the article about the true significance of. COVID-19, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I, I, it was just something I could write yeah. and send out to lots of people I knew mm-hmm. um, to give a different perspective on, on it all, you know, kind of stuff I've been sharing now. Yeah, that was um, a lovely article. And really looking at our relationship, I think certainly 
um, uh, First Nations has always talked about a relationship with nature, and and uh, we are definitely being. Uh, nature has its own language, right? So we're definitely having to witness the consequences of not having that relationship with nature. Um, yeah, know, yeah. And and at the same time, I don't think it's something hard to do. And you know, just going for a fifteen-minute walk, even. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if the weather allows, you know. Um, but just a fifteen-minute walk. Or even just to sit on a bench and listen. When we listen more, that also supports the heart. And uh, instead, we're so busy talking. Yeah. You know, we're so busy talking. We're so busy talking, and I, it's so noisy. Yeah, I, I, I think that we're sort of introduced to that from the moment we're born, and. And, and uh, you know, in the name of productivity and success and uh, control, as you mentioned. I don't know, Dylan, if you have any thoughts or questions as you're listening to this. I think, like, the only real um, big thought that comes into my mind is, like, the constant parallels with nature. Um, I think that's something that's a very big contrast to the way things um, with spirituality uh, tend to be in the West. Mm-hmm. where it seems like spirituality in the West is often uh, as if you're like looking into the unknown. Um, whereas to me, like I, I really relate with um, a lot of the things you're talking about, Ahmad, because I look at nature as a very supernatural thing. I think it's a very like mystical thing in, in, in itself. So I've really been enjoying these perspectives. Well, yeah, I mean the, the the poem the poem that won a prize. You know, I won this prize this year, second prize. <laughs> there were two prizes. The, the poetry. The yeah, poetry. yeah, yes. it was it was, uh, it was a kind of island wide and Gulf island wide competition. But the the poem that that won the prize was called Tree. Uh, do called you want to Tree. read it to us? Yeah, yeah, I was just thinking. Uh, just give me a sec, okay? Because yeah. I um, it won't be a sec. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is it, it, interesting. Um, hang on, I'm terrible at this. That's okay. Um, a worthy, a worthy endeavor. <laughs> I'm terrible at dealing with technology. I just lock, I lock myself out of my personal banking account today oh well, I'm, just, I'm just hopeless oh i honestly I am absolutely hopeless yes. with the technology and you know. and we have been thrust uh, into tech technology recently with you know whether we like it or not yeah so, so what i'm doing is that I, i've just um it it it, it might be easier um Oh, well, that's okay. I don't want to hold this up. No, I but I, I, oh, I here mean... We here we go. Yes. Here we go. So, it's called Tree. So, it's in, 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 in three parts. It's not long. It's in three parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, first, here we go. Oh, you binders of the earth, 
you who anchor life in the land and in me, whose generosity creates a shelter even for strangers and a safe harbor for many, how do you see us? I know of people, even children, who tell me you speak of the origins of the world to those who can listen, who have been guided by you in seeming silence and seeming stillness through the snow to safe harbor. Can we recognize you as our elders? Even the pencil hums when you play with the wind and sing your songs of ancient beginnings and of futures yet to come. Here's the second part. My Cree wife who was would go out in the night into the forest amongst the dormant plants, the bears and the cougars, and sit peacefully with her night tribe, the great arboreal people, who shared what can only be shared in the dead of night, the deep darkness which alone knows your name. Third part. She was clad in the wisdom of the trees. She was clad and masked in cedar bark and spruce root. Her cedar mask closed her outer eye and her inner eye opened. Her cedar mask closed her outer eye and her inner eye opened. So all, all these things that are mentioned in the poem actually happened. And... Uh, mm actually happened, you know, to me and to people I know. Wow. And uh, all encompassed in the sense of tree. Wow. Um, so that, that's the poem. That is lovely. That poem. is lovely. And, and also right now, your, your published book, where, where can people find your book right now? Well, you can get it on Amazon okay. and uh, uh, Lulu. Uh, okay. Publications, I think, is another one. Or yeah, I mean, I, 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 you know, I have copies here, but yeah, I can mail them to people. Wonderful. But the, the 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 book is called Dow of Wellbeing. It's not the Dow. Oh, it's, it's not the Dow. Dow it's Dow of Wellbeing. Okay, thank yeah. you. Dow of Wellbeing. <laughs> thank you. And the, the 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 subtitle is the transformation of suffering into health. That sounds wonderful. And uh, it came about because I was. When I was running a seminar in England, at the end of the seminar, um, and this was on ancient Chinese perspectives on health, mm. uh, one of the participants said, where's the book? Ah. And I realized that this perspective that I was sharing actually isn't, share, it isn't anywhere else. I haven't seen it anywhere else. Mm. And, uh, and yet is implicit in all the ancient Chinese work. And uh, but if I can just give you one more, can I give you yes. one more little poem? Uh, Not love mine, to. absolutely. Not mine. Okay. But a guy who I think is the greatest living poet of wow. our time right now, and his name is David White, and uh, he's an Englishman, 
with uh, strong Irish roots, and he lives on Whitby Island, just off the coast uh, uh, by Seattle. Mm. And uh, he um, he he was coming every year to Victoria, you know, to read and share. And uh, and I I feel whenever I'm looking at anything that he's written or listening to him, I always feel like I'm looking at myself. You know, mm. I feel it, he's like me, and uh, <laughs> oh, I'm like him. Wonderful, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm curious now. <laughs> so this is a, a poem he wrote. And he is world famous now. Wow. He has addressed the EU. He's worked, and he works with organizations, uh, has done, like the Royal Air Force or Boeing, mm. where he helps them uh, look at what they're doing, look at the language they're using mm. to describe what they're doing, and uh, to see how... Is that language really generative? Are they actually meeting? Mm. Are they actually going more authentically into life with that language or not? Mm, Anyway, um, but so he was asked when Boeing launched a a plane, it was the 777 passenger jet. Mm. He was asked to, uh, uh, and the Boeing company received a trophy for this plane. he was asked to write a poem about this. Amazing, you know? Nice, yeah. And uh, so he wrote this poem called Working Together. Mm. And this is it. Again, it's it's short. Uh, We shape our life to fit this world. And by the world are shaped again. Oh, by the way, I'd say this is a classic poem for me of the, the meeting place. Okay, lovely. We shape our life to fit this world, and by the world are shaped again. The visible and the invisible, working together in common cause to produce the miraculous. The visible and the invisible, working together in common cause Mm. to produce the miraculous. I am thinking of the way the intangible air passed at speed round a shaped wing. So he's thinking of aerodynamics, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of the way the intangible air passed at speed round a shaped wing easily holds our weight. Mm. So may we in this life trust to those elements we have yet to see or imagine Mm. and look for the true shape of our own self by forming it well to the great intangibles about us. So may we, in this life, trust to those elements we have yet to see or imagine and look for the true shape of our own self by forming it well to the great intangibles about us. Wow. Beautiful. Beautiful that meeting place between the visible and the invisible, Absolutely. the known and the yeah. unknown. You know. Just and, love it. Uh, and, and recognizing how that plays itself out in aerodynamic engineering, you know. Yes, yeah. And, and, and worded so eloquently with aer- aerodynamic engineering. <laughs> so that's amazing. 
That was a beautiful poem. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. And thank you for sharing your poem, Ahmad. Um, I know that you have lots of wisdom, and I'm, and I'm sure that you uh, help a lot of people that come uh, your, across your path. Um, and I just, I'm so grateful that you volunteered and were open to sharing your, your experience and your perspective. I think it can add a lot, especially with what we're going through today. As we reach out in this way, connecting through internet, uh, uh, through uh, podcasting. So I appreciate that. And I don't know, Dylan, if there's anything else you want to add to that or. I think those were um, some lovely poems to share. Thank you for for coming by and sharing that. And um, just all of the information you've had on um, acupuncture. And I know you're, you just barely touched on um, some of the ideas of Eastern medicine, but it was just, it was very insightful. Thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah. yeah and we, really we, we, we could have a follow-up, right? <laughs> I think there's, yeah. you know, sometimes I'm so, like, we're just scratching the surface of things, but I, I always find it fascinating and I love the sharing of minds. Um, I think that's how we also come together with ideas. Uh, yeah, I always liked Einstein saying, you know, you cannot solve a problem with the same mind that created it. And that's the beauty of reaching out to other people. And uh, so I always thank you, Ahmad, for, and you've always struck me as a very gentle soul in this world. And uh, I, I really sense that you do give that kindness that we so much are craving and needing right now in our lives. Yeah, it's, it's all about love, really, isn't it? It really and is, yeah. How, how to do that. Yeah. How to do that. Yeah, how so, can, how can we do that? So thank you so much, Ahmad, and um, and we'll be in touch. I, I certainly would love to hear from you again, and uh, perhaps we'll uh, have another opportunity to chat. Okay, you too. Okay, so we will talk. Arrivederci, Roma. <laughs> Arrivederci. <laughs> Take good care. All the best to you, Ahmad. We'll talk soon. All right. Okay. Bye bye. 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 And uh, thank you, Dylan. You're always a, a, a pleasure and so patient and calm. And, <laughs> you know, I feel your your presence here. So we, we will Very, be. Um, calming can... environment. It's easy to be. <laughs> Absolutely. And I want to thank uh, listeners for tuning in to our show. Um, we are going to be wrapping up right now. Until next time, I hope that you can practice kindness and find that lovely meeting place uh, to which Ahmad Miles is talking about, where we can meet with one another and share in space of authenticity. All the best to you. Take good care. <laughs>